coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss CISA and you shall find some ransomware attack warnings. Next up, Park ADM, seize the park domain. And finally, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 65, recorded on November 2nd, 2020. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. Grab your voice by the vote, LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad, mail and vote and hair don't care, Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I don't read these before I say them, and it can make for an entertaining moment for myself. I'm figuring out just when you all are. It feels very organic. Um, and last but not least, Tim, don't redirect my vote, Helming. Um, Chad, hi, Kelsey. Oh, well, hi, Tim. Hello. Chad, will you um, <laughs> will you give us a word from our sponsors, please? Um, uh, <laughs> we are actually aren't uh sponsored by Star Wars. Sorry, Disney, don't sue me. <laughs> Before recording, uh, well, Chad, t- why don't you tell them your news? I think this is important. My news? Oh, my new microphone. That's, uh, yeah. Um, I got a lovely new microphone and my voice is now very beautiful uh, crooning for you all. It's a very classic looking microphone. That late night uh, FM DJ voice. Yeah, I feel like, you know the cover of Donald Fagan's Nightfly? I'm that guy now. Nice. Just sitting there, the record spinning, the microphone just... That's me. <laughs> Tim, I don't think we've done this on the podcast. And if we have, I don't care because this just gets me every time. Have you shared with Chad your um your mic sound check? Oh, I don't know if I have. Well, uh, yeah, this is useful to know, Chad, if, in case you need to uh, do a sound check in a new mic. And it goes uh, ice, ice, icicle, pop, pop. Popsicle, test, test, testing, one, two, three. <laughs> uh, that's... <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my lizard brain would take over and I would go exactly where that's not supposed to go. Oh, the lizard brain. Yeah, you're right. One day I'm going to do that when Kelsey asks me yeah. to do this. <laughs> You're actually you're you're going to be playing a show in front of a packed um uh, hall, a That's concert right. hall, and they'll be like, oh, "Could you test the mics? Uh, Tinker the tip, can you test the mics?" <laughs> Oops! <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, we've already made it. We're already sponsored by Disney, so this this is the big times. That was that situation. Yeah. That was your chance, Tim. Okay. Well, uh, let's see how it how it goes. Let's see if there are any repercussions. All right. Well, the, <laughs> that was a drummer joke. tim well played well played um (laughs) chad i'm gonna ask for we're recording this a day before the big election hence our last call to action a reminder to vote which is actually useless uh because by the time you're hearing this hopefully you've already voted um but Chad, this is a really stressful time, and I don't think anything unravels that stress better than a good, angsty Wookiee caw. Can you can you give us one of those, please? 
Um, I, I think I can. I, I don't know. I've been on Zoom calls all day, so uh, my voice is really hoarse, but we'll give it a go. Is that... Did that do it for you? It did. Um, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I hope that uh, I hope that Disney's like machine learning that goes and finds things to sue people and send DMCA's to for uh, will find uh, that Wookie yell and immediately tag it. Um, <laughs> that it's that accurate of a yell. that would be quite an honor, wouldn't it? Yeah, I get a C and D from Disney because of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> the first time that you get in trouble, the. The subject line of the ego with the the legal request, quote unquote, is no more Wookiee mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, my. All right. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Tell me where the Wookiees are from. Do you know? Do you know what their planet's called? I, I unfortunately do. Kashyyyk. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> this is not helping. You're giving the machine algorithm. More information, Chad. You're really painting yourself into a corner here. Um, so I'm going to save you, and I'm going to jump into the first article, which is CISA and ye shall find ransomware attack warnings. So in a joint statement, the U.S. government is warning the healthcare industry that a hacking group is actively targeting hospitals and healthcare providers in Ryuk ransomware attacks. So, Chad, I know nobody in InfoSec has been talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So that's a lot of three to four letter agencies in one statement, FBI, CISA, HHS. What went wrong enough to produce this response and what is their rather concerning warning? Yeah, so uh, I would assume this has to be due to the massive increase in uh, what people are calling UNC 1878 activity. Um, UNC, it stands for uncategorized, so how Mandiant rates threats before they graduate to an APT group. Um, They kind of have these things. But UNC 1878 is just one set of grouped intrusions underneath the Ryuk ransomware umbrella. So um, this was, UNC 1878 was thought to have died off. So they were quiet for several months, uh, but have since come back with quite the fervor. They took a a wee little um, time off, you know, a vacation maybe, perhaps after collecting all of that, uh, all of that fine ransomware cash. Um, but, uh, the you know, the thing with uh, this UNC 1878 group is their their tools have kind of changed a little bit, but they're getting faster and faster in their infection to uh, initial infection to ransomware. So basically, normally it takes a couple of days for an attacker to gain a foothold in a network. Um, and in most cases with UNC 1878, they're seeing victim machines being encrypted in under five hours after initial intrusion. So they're moving fast and attacking a lot at once. Um, and they're showing uh, a lot of these uh, hospitals uh, anyways have been showing that um, they are getting they're under attack and so uh, that was why these agencies believe that there's a mass targeted attack on hospital infrastructure Um, and here we are here we are Mm -hmm. well summarized chad and uh (laughs) can you tell us what exactly happened um i uh oh gosh one sec sorry my screen just locked <laughs> Did you get those keystrokes, Tim? I bet he was going to say something right like there, right? an overall wave of observed, attempted, and successful intrusions into the U.S. healthcare sector. Mm, That's yes. just a hunch that I had, though. Yeah. Um, 
I, I really want like to be able to do some Pixies things like, you know, a song Wave of Mutilation. Where they started a wave of mutilation, but like something that has to do with uh, in Wave of Intrusions. I don't know. Anyway, Wave, wave of Encryption. Wave of Encryption. safe place that's shared with many, but that's not important. <laughs> um, so what happened last week? So there was just an uh, overall large wave of attempted and successful intrusions into the U.S. healthcare sector. Uncanning, Tim. How did you know that? Mm, mm-hmm. You know, Chad and I just have this this uh, ESP thing. It's yeah. very yeah, it's very handy and occasionally scary. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of jealous of your connection. I feel like the the third co-host wheel right now. Um, but I'm very I'm very thankful for both of you and your your deep deep infosec connection. Um, <laughs> so, how exactly do these Ryuk attacks typically start? Then, Chad or or Tim, whoever is speaking through you. That's that's your decision on what to share there. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm Chad channeling Tim now, um, but, <laughs> uh, uh, typically they use either TrickBot or Bizarre Loader, both, um, uh, loaders that are thought to be, um, related to the Ryuk group or at least written by them. Um, new tooling such as KegTap has been seen by the Unk 1878 group. Um, and they change their tooling and tactics to kind of target, um, they, well, depending upon who their target and how high profile they are. Um, so these initial loaders though are used to drop their main payload, call back to their command and control server, which the attacker controls. Um, and then the initial way that people end up becoming infected is by getting either a malicious document or being directed to a phishing site, pretty standard fare. Ah uh, yes, and the the natural next question here is what exactly happens when those not so great documents are downloaded? Well, that's when someone uh, you know double clicks that document because they're like social securities.xlsx. I I must know, and then when it says in there like you should enable macros if you want to see all the social security numbers that have ever been made. And they're like, oh, well, obviously. Um, so you could go for that. But uh, once downloaded, the initial loader there is executed. Um, and then things move on to the lateral movement stage where other machines on the same network get um, broken into and are infected. Um, usually they're pro- you know using some tools like Mimikatz or whatever to um, enumerate some credentials. Um, then eventually the Ryuk ransomware goes ahead and encrypts uh, victims' files and they demand a ransom. Uh, interestingly, though, with Ryuk, we haven't seen them doing double extortion scams like we have seen with groups uh, like those behind the Avidon ransomware doing, where they demand a ransom um, not just to decrypt the files, but otherwise they threaten to release those online and the company will have to face GDPR fines. Mm. I, I do have to admit that whenever I hear Mimi Cat, I just think of the older people in my life when memes came out and they were like, What is a Mimi? Mm. <laughs> I still is... call them Mimi's. I prefer it. Well, I was trying to give you some privacy there, Chad, but you're actually the person I was thinking of. Um, mm. Yeah. Certainly. Wait, did you just say old people and then me? <laughs> I did not say those words, but that's what your brain you know, put together. So I just don't know what that is. Yeah. You right. should. Uh, now I'm getting gaslit on a podcast. I <laughs> we would never do that. <laughs> so that means for Chad, uh, whenever there's a picture of a cat, 
in one of these things on the internet, those are all Mimi cats. So it's, it's just going to get even more confusing. It's true. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's, it's, uh, I basically just send people pictures of cats and they send me credentials. That's how it works. <laughs> that's very efficient. <laughs> yeah. It's very efficient, which is really just the model for a Reddit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So, and not to give people um, emotional whiplash, there are some really concerning statements from folks uh, like Senior Vice President and CTO Mandian. So how how bad is this, Chad? Give it to us straight. Yeah. Um, you know, with all the other things that you have to worry about right now, um, Ryuk is Ryuk's a talented group. They've got some good tooling. Um, uh, they also shift their tactics and tooling, like I was saying, for high-profile companies, um, and they've, they've been... Uh, super successful. Uh, we've seen tens of millions stolen already by them uh, this year, I believe. So they'll continue to be successful, motivated, and and quick in their work. And I, I would assume that the reason that they uh, disappeared for a while, this 1878 sector of intrusions, was probably to upgrade their tooling, right? New tooling, um, find ways to evade and and uh, dig further into networks that were important to them. You know, so. Um, they definitely aren't going away anytime soon, and neither is any other ransomware group. So, Chad, this is a total speculation here, but I have a question. I mean, I'm wondering, given how good these guys are, why aren't they doing double extortion? And the one thing that occurs to me that possibly could be a rationale is that um, in order to, when you exfiltrate that data, that's just creating more data streams that raise the chances that they could be caught along the way. Uh, is it because it's more stealthy to just get in and do the encryption or is it that they, I mean, I can't imagine it's like, cause it never occurred to them. Yeah, absolutely. I, maybe it's just something that's, uh, that's on the horizon. You know, they haven't gotten around to updating that bit yet of their ransomware note. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I guess with the double extortion site, you also, you know, you run the risk of you're going to be standing up a host to serve up those files when you leak it. Um, and you're going to have to run that infrastructure. Well, I mean, I guess you could just dump their paste bin or something, but um, I would assume that uh, most groups will run their own page like the Abaddon one that sits in Tor, but that's another piece of infrastructure to potentially link to you. So. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Great question, Tim. And I guess I just have a few more for you, Chad, which is, you know, what really happens? What's what is the consequence, I should say, of successful attacks like this one, especially when it comes to healthcare and hospitals? Yeah, so this is worrying. Earlier this year, there was one death related to a ransomware uh, event in Germany. Um, and, and these attacks are, you know, now bleeding into the real world with them targeting hospitals um, and have real life consequences, you know, life and death consequences. Um, I guess death is the ultimate consequence. Um, but this isn't just someone's Excel spreadsheets uh, in, that are getting encrypted here anymore, but um, we're talking actual life-saving machines. A lot of the infrastructure in hospitals is is near ancient. You know, if you go in and, and get something done, you'll, you'll undoubtedly see a Windows XP machine um, that's running some critical piece of software. And unfortunately, those machines are um, hooked up to the network and haven't been updated in a long time. Um, and, and the software that runs on them, you know, can really only run on XP. There's a reason they have to have it or, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, like I said, arguably these machines should never be on the network. Um, so they shouldn't get encrypted anyways, but we've seen before, you know, if we go, uh, back a little ways to earlier ransomware events, there's the story of the vulnerable coffee pot, uh, which kept continuously reinfecting a company's network with ransomware um, because the technician had 
uh, accidentally hooked it up to the wrong network. Um, so it was on their production network. Uh, these things happen. Um, it's terrible. These gangs are targeting hospitals at a time like this. Uh, but um, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, not a lot of life needs to be lost from this and we can get some better security practices in place at these hospitals. Ugh. Boy, yeah, I don't know, not to bias the hoodie ratings here coming up, but I just don't know what could be of greater consequence than what we're talking about and referencing here. So I'd like to ask you if you had any recommendations, especially to the hospitals um, in the statement, what steps do you recommend? The usual best practices of patch and multi-factor authentication, you know, these are all the recommendations from CISA uh, network segmentation. The, the thing that I always try and reiterate with people is that you're going to get popped at some point. That's just the truth. There, there's always going to be an incident. And it's all about making it expensive and difficult for the attacker to propagate and, and move around your network. So slowing their progress buys you more time to catch the initial intrusion and triage. Uh, it's just as simple as that. Um, but then just segmenting things out, well, it, it may make things a little bit more difficult. Um, for you, uh, as a, as an admin, um, it's, it's going to make all the difference in the end when, um, you know, you do get infected. Well said, definitely worth the efforts there. And I, I do have one more question for you, Chad, which is, do you feel it would be the right decision for CISA to rename these statements, CISA and desist? Hmm. I mean, we would need a desist, uh, you know, organization. <laughs> I'm sure uh, there's one out there. Yeah. <laughs> we could create one. We could. Yeah. Um, Next week on Breaking Madness. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Next week on desist. <laughs> Anyways, okay, let's get into the hoodie rating. Um, my apology is hoping to to sprinkle some joy into this podcast because it really does feel like every day there's something that goes wrong and you just kind of want to think to yourself, just put it on my tab, um, <laughs> just trying to get through each day. So hopefully these jokes aren't feeling their poor taste, just trying to, to bring to bring some joy to folks as we try to get through this A together. modicum of levity in a dark time. What that guy from NPR said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's do our hoodie rating here. Um, and Tim, I'm going to start with you. And as a quick reminder, this is from a rating of 0 to 10. 10 is, um, it's hard not to just say someone has died, but that's kind of where we're at. As, as something terrible has happened, um, and you're all cylinders a go at trying to fix and remediate, and 0 is more water cooler virtual chat these days and having a nice laugh. So where are we at, Tim, on this rating? Yeah, this one's pretty high. I mean, the only one, the the only thing that would keep this from being a ten, I'm I'm pretty hesitant to go all the way up to ten because you know for me that's kind of reserved for something I hope we never see. Um, but is that you know there there has been it's tragic that anybody died as a result of this, but certainly we know that there's you know the the concept of cyber attacks that could have multiple, multiple casualties. So, uh, but I would certainly put this in the nine range because of the reasons that Chad said that uh, Ryuk is, is succeeding, unfortunately, uh, really well. And they're, they're just getting better and better at what they do. So um, the hoodie rating of this will go down in the future, I hope, as um, defenses get better uh, against this, and and hopefully, uh, like Chad said, you know, if we make it 
expensive enough for attackers to try to spread this kind of thing, then they'll, you know, maybe they'll back off um, some of the relentless levels of attack activity that we're seeing. But um, I'm going to give this at least uh, nine hoodies. Chad, where do you sit on that scale? Um, yeah, I would I would say nine out of ten as well. You know, um, these ransomware attacks are going to continue. Ryuk is going to continue to dominate the space. Um, they they work quickly. They uh, take on lots of targets. Um, they're they're just responsible for the majority. And Unc eighteen seventy eight is responsible for like a fifth of all um, ransomware attacks this year, um, according to Mandian. So. Um, I would say it's a definite nine out of ten, um, and something to be concerned about. I think that the folks behind it are setting themselves up in a position, though, to where um, there's going to be some countries that are uh, looking to get some revenge for their citizens, and um, this is going to be bleeding into the kinetic space for them. Uh, so, I guess I hope you guys have good opsec. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope they don't. But well, yeah. actually, yes, yes, yes. I hope you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my. Well, I'm sure um, you and the team, Chad, will be and Tim continuing to look into that and uh, identifying those slip ups. Um, but now on to our next article, which is Park Adium sees the park domain. So malicious redirection websites are using typo squatting and impersonation to attack unwary visitors. So Tim, before we get into um, the details of this article, what are park domains and why are they used typically for, let's say, a legitimate purpose? Sure. So whether or not you know the term, pretty much everyone has seen park domains from time to time. And actually, I don't think this is as true now as it used to be, but some hosters had literally like this cheesy picture of parked cars to say this domain is parked courtesy of whoever it is. Um, parked is this limbo state that a domain is in where it's registered, but it's not being hosted on a server that serves up any kind of functional content that would be related to what you think that that domain is for. And when you first register a domain, it's usually parked for um, some amount of time. It could be just a few minutes, but um, once it comes uh, active as a registration, um, it it becomes parked. Uh, and then when you're the registrant, or <laughs> unfortunately, if you've stolen the credentials of the registrant, then at that point, you have control over the DNS records for the domain. And that means that you can point it to whatever IP you want, which is usually just a server that has your content on it. And so then it, it's pointed away from the parking IP. But um, but there is a very intentional use of park domains, and that has more to do with the story that we're talking about here, where people will sometimes park domains that are intentional typos of legit domains in order to drive visitors who accidentally made that typo to whatever it is that the domain owner wants them to go to. Um, it's not always nefarious. It can be a way that uh, these guys make a few bucks off affiliate advertising and that kind of thing. But um, as we're about to find out, sometimes it's a little darker than that. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> People take advantage of it. Surprise the internet. Um, so outside of the legitimate use that you were just referring to, how can parked domains be used nefariously in a campaign or or what goes wrong should we say 
Yeah. So again, if we consider that scenario where somebody mistypes uh, a URL and they land on a park domain, um, if it's a more innocent uh, type of park domain, um, it can point the user to an ad or some site that's paying per click for visitors. But it can also point the user toward a malicious site that will stage malware or steal credentials, etc. Oh boy, and do we have some examples for you <laughs> that have happened here in the wild. So let's start with Palo Alto. Um, and they, uh, there were some helpful examples um, that they pointed out here of domain parking campaigns for an Emotet initiative. So can you walk through how Emotet leveraged park domains? Sure, yeah. So basically, as background, what this story illustrates is that there's kind of a spectrum of maliciousness that we see with park domains. And at one end of the spectrum is zero maliciousness. Um, many, probably the majority of park domains don't have any malicious intent uh, tied to them. Uh, then there are domains that we could call shady. They're not necessarily outright evil and they don't necessarily harm the end user, uh, but they use mimicry to deceive users and uh, they can generate some profits through affiliate advertising, but they don't cause actual harm to the end user. And then there are park domains like what Emotet is using here, and those are just flat out malicious. Um, so an example from uh, some of the research that Palo Alto Networks did is the domain valleymedicalandsurgicalinc.com, which auto redirects the visitor to a server that loads Emotet uh, onto the victim's machine. Most listeners are probably familiar with Emotet by now, but as a reminder, it is a Trojan that establishes a foothold on the victim machine and uh, then can allow other more specialized malware to be loaded. And redirects, uh, by the way, are often part of the chain of events that occur in uh, the malicious use of internet infrastructure. And everybody's seen it now and then, even if you didn't realize uh, what was technically going on, your browser uh, will rip through a, s a series of pages. Um, sometimes it spawns new tabs and stuff like that. You you've seen this. It looks like you're browser just like came alive in a scary way. And it is kind of scary. There can sometimes be uh, very long chains of redirects. It's one of the reasons that uh, we at Domain Tools actually collect redirect info, because when you're researching nefarious infrastructure, seeing where a domain redirects to or where it was redirected from can be instructive. Wow, Tim, thanks for going into that. <laughs> and we have some other detailed examples too, actually two more so there's one with Xfinity, uh, an ex a typo squatted and still active, I'll note, Xfinity domain being used, as well as McAfee. Can you give us just those two two additional examples? Yeah, so this is an example of kind of that mid-spectrum situation, um, whereas the one I just mentioned you know, goes straight to malware. How this one works is the shady actor registered a domain that's a deliberate type of, of Xfinity. And in this case, it's like xifinity.com. I'll tell you, when you see that written down, your eye can definitely miss that I that comes right after the X. And so you, that domain, guess what it does? It redirects. And it redirects in this case to a really classic example of how uh, shady domain names are constructed. So what it goes to is antivirus-protection.com dash 123.xyz. So technically that .com, uh, it, part of that domain name is a subdomain, uh, which you can set up you know, any of those that you want in your DNS records. The actual registered domain there is com-123.xyz. Um, 
And I looked into our passive DNS records for that domain, and wow, you can see a lot of nefariousness with it. It's mimicking McAfee, Barracuda, Windows, and it has some other sketchy subdomains like update-antivirus.com-123.xyz, etc. So you might be wondering why I'm calling this mid-level sketch since it seems super rotten. But the reason is that um, if you're a visitor to this, you don't actually get malware when you hit these domains. Um, what happens is you get tricked into thinking that you're infected, and then you get redirected again to a McAfee antivirus page. That's where McAfee comes into the picture. So it's a legit uh, McAfee site that you get redirected to. So you don't download any malware. Um, we can assume that the shady actor here is getting a few cents per click from uh, affiliate advertising of some sort. And, you know, I suppose McAfee actually gets a few customers this way. We'll assume that they take the high road and they don't actively encourage anybody to send them potential customers in this shady way. Um, but, you know, at least you're not literally getting malware from uh, from this particular example. Wow. Thank you, Tim. And I mean, this is a really challenging thing to get ahead of as an organization. So are there any best practices? I know that this isn't going to be super simple um, to help organizations at least limit the risk of something like this happening to them. Sure. Yeah. Typo squatting, I'll tell you, it can be a bit tricky because um, users can sometimes land on these URLs by literally mistyping them uh, as opposed to clicking on phishing email links and so forth. So uh, while I say, of course, you should have good phishing awareness programs, you can't train people out of making typos. Well, I guess you could make everyone go to remedial typing classes, but I'm thinking probably most security budgets don't have a line item for that. So, in addition to have uh, in addition to having good network and host IPS and firewalls and anti-spam and all that stuff, there is an education piece here, which is making sure that people know if they see that set of rapid fire redirects happening, they should be really cautious. So, when I see it, I will close the window immediately or the whole browser or the tab that had those redirects. And then after that, I'll watch for any kind of weird activities on my machine or my phone, depending on where it happened right afterward. You know, I see these classically in uh, uh, mobile where it'll lead to one of those pop-ups that says, uh, congratulations, winner. Um, and I just kill the browser program entirely when that happens. Um, run away, right? Um, so another education piece uh, with this is that legitimate antivirus companies do not run scans on your system if you haven't installed that antivirus on your system. So if you get some pop-up or web page that says you're infected and go download this AV to clean it, you should run the other way. Indeed. Well said. Also, this explains why you never accepted the prize money I sent your way. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> the one time it was real. <laughs> well, I know as well, the people that are listening into this podcast are running at so many different priorities and typo squatting is one of many things that they're worried about. So I think it's always helpful to just ask how bad are these recent examples? And this will lead very well into the hoodie rating of is this something that we should be putting a lot of mental and emotional effort into and resources as well? Yeah, I mean, these. so the Xfinity and McAfee examples here are obnoxious, but I, I, like I say, they're kind of in the middle of the spectrum of badness. Um, that Emotet domain that I mentioned and the one that really the one that it redirected to is 100% malicious. Um, it's definitely worse than the Xfinity example. Uh, but I think the takeaway um, is that there are... 
you know, there are some things that you can look out for uh, in the course of everyday web surfing. And uh, so, um, so yeah, it's typos happen. Um, and uh, just be careful out there. I, I have to just laugh to myself too, their use of web surfing and just going back to when the decision was made that we're like surfing the web, which I don't think people say typically. Um, well, we could more. say cruising the information superhighway. <laughs> that is to what coin a phrase. Be saying. Like, I consider we're... myself a sheriff on the information superhighway patrol. <laughs> oh man, now I can just see Chad in mirrored <laughs> mirrored glasses. I'm sure there's a Halloween costume somewhere. Do you know how fast you were going? <laughs> exactly, son. Is that gigabit? <laughs> But can't you imagine, like, what if you were like, I'm going to go rollerblade the internet. Mm. I'm going to go rollerblade the web. You're like, right. Surf was very arbitrary, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I'm going to skateboard the internet. Yeah. I'm going to go blade the bing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you just hit it. That's all the cool kids are going to be saying that next week. Yeah. I'm positive. That's true. All righty. Well, let's, let's get into those hoodie ratings here. Unless, Chad, you had another way to describe verbing the web. Um, no, no, I'll spend all weekend on it though. Um, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> all right, Chad, I'm going to start with you after Tim just went into like a, a full, wonderful lecture on parking domains and typo squatting, which was incredibly educational. What would you rate this at? Hmm. Uh, I think typo squatting is very important because you should never skip leg day. Um, I do a lot of key presses as well. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> sorry. You can pun so much, but I um, love embrace them. It's so beautiful. Uh, just when this microphone's in front of my face. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, Road I, has created a monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can blame Road for this. Um, I, I would say this is a solid six out of 10 for me. Um, these are always interesting. There's all sorts of malicious things that happen in in redirects. And, uh, you know, I'm with Tim that every time I start seeing my browser wig out, not only do I, um, immediately close it, but then I go grab that domain and I see what redirects it goes through so I can find out, uh, how many affiliate pages I've, I've touched on my way there. Um, but yeah, six out of 10, certainly. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm kind of in that range. I suppose I might, I might put it a little bit lower than that, but it's, it's right up there five or six. Um, because, uh, it just depends on which one of these you're unlucky enough to hit, right? Some of them can really nail you and some of them are nothing more than an annoyance. So what you're, trying to rate here is really a spectrum of different uh, kind of levels of badness. So some of them are, you know, it's like a hybrid. Some of them are like one or two hoodies and some of them are uh, seven or eight uh, if you get Emotad and subsequent malware on you. So it probably averages out to five or six. Alrighty. Well, Tim, do you know what time it is? I, I, want to come up with some really great response to that other than reading my clock uh no kelsey kelsey tell us what time is it <laughs> it's time for two truths and a lie Woo! <laughs> well, is that the is lie actually... <laughs> gotcha two points for chad um so this is a big one and just as a quick description before i tell you why this is a very important game of two truths and a lie um 
we're playing the game Two Truths and a Lie, but rather than talking about ourselves, one of us is going to share three article titles. And as you might imagine, two are true, one is a lie, and um, there's a point system. And why this episode is so important is because the, there's kind of bittersweet news. Um, the sweet news is we're going to identify our first winner of Two Truths and a Lie since the podcast basically began. So this is this is a very long scoreboard. The sad news is it, it's because Tarek got an amazing opportunity and he'll no longer be on Breaking Badness with us until we continue to coax him to do it which he promises he'll still come back and do a few episodes with us. Um, so we have to put an end to this board. So this is the end-all be-all of the current board. And then for episode 66, we'll be starting fresh with a new scoreboard. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. A whole new board. <laughs> well, hold on to your hats and your hoodies. Tim, why don't you get us get us started here? All right, two truths and a lie. Here we go. Uh, story number one: Bug Bounty Awards are up twenty six percent in twenty twenty. Story number two: A Russia's sausage king has been killed with a crossbow in a sauna outside Moscow. Story number three. A possible new actor group has been identified targeting the banking sector, and they're taking a different tack from previous attacks, where instead of stealing uh, information, they are slightly altering banking information. So what's it going to be? Bug bounties are up 26%. The Russian Sausage King met an untimely end. Or the new actor group is just tweaking the banking info a little bit i want the russia sausage king um to be false just because i want to think that your mind came up with that headline more than anything but i know in my heart i don't know chad do you have any mm. <laughs> i feel well i would like to think are bug bounties up 26% is in that many more people are participating or are companies paying more money for bug bounty programs, which I know that would be a lie. Hmm. Well, I don't know if I should provide any oh, hints or okay. help with that. I, but thanks for illuminating your thought process. Yeah. Um I am going to go with the banking group as the lie because I think it's more people are participating in bug bounties because we're all bored and stuck inside. <laughs> I'm going to bank on the third <laughs> headline. <laughs> credit where credit is due. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in with you, Chad. All right. Can we, oh, Tim, can we get a drum roll? I don't know. Hopefully you can't because I'm in a different location this week, unfortunately. So you'll have to just uh, use the previous one as a Foley effect. No cussing. Uh, and bring it back in. That's right. No percussing. Well, hey, you guys are, are uh, keeping up on the, the times of the stories, including you must have somehow known that the death of the Russia's Sausage King in the sauna by a crossbow <laughs> bolt actually did happen that's a real story and it is in fact true 
that uh, more, but this is a uh, an interesting angle on the bug bounty thing, Chad, um, because it is in fact twenty six percent more dollars that have been paid out mm. in bug bounty awards uh, over the last wow. year. And let's, let's uh, companies. That's as good. far as we know, there isn't a new actor group that's slightly dorking uh, banking data. But uh, let's hope that that doesn't start to happen because that would be a little more uh, insidious and not as obvious to catch at the beginning. I think I'm also changing uh, the name I'm going to give to the first APT group that I discover. Um, it's going to be called Sausage King now. I want people to have to say that um, all the time in all the literature when they refer to uh, the, my APT group that I discover. And when I, when I chase after you, I'll be casing the joint. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, are you guys ready to hear the final point tally for this long round one? A very, very long round one of uh, Two Truths and a Lie? Yes. This is totally new information, unless you've previously looked at the graphic I put in every episode. Mm. All right. Chad is at 10,000 binary points, a.k.a. 16 decimal points. Tarek slash Tim tied at 10,000 points, mm. a.k.a. 16. And your unbiased Victor, Kelsey... His eye at ten thousand and ten points. Mm. What? Eighteen. Wow. Is Kelsey myself? I'll just pat myself on the back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would call shenanigans, except I know you're really good at this, Kelsey. But I, I have to say, big kudos for converting over to binary to make the point totals sound. I think they should do that in, uh, like, in baseball. Like, I think they should change all of the scoring in baseball to binary so that it sounds like, you know, the uh, the Phillies beat the Marlins uh, 100,100 to uh, 100. I think it would increase interest to the sport. That's actually how I stay entertained at baseball games is I just convert between different number systems the entire time. I just like look at the scoreboard and like now an octal. Now in hexadecimal. <laughs> now I'm eating my seventh churro. Of course, I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing you say that in baseball stadium announcer voice. Now in octal. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do it with the fake ecto, though. I know. Now there has to be octal, octal, octal. Oh, man. You know, when it, here's a true story. When, you, uh, when you're doing classical music percussion, you often have to wait a really long, long time before you come in and play that one bass drum note or something and so you have to count the measures of the music so you don't get lost and you know where to come in and play that one bass drum note and uh i uh most musicians do that by counting on their fingers and i sort of hate that because when you get into dozens or hundreds of measures you know you can easily get lost in the decades oh nuts was i on 56 or 66 so i got familiar with um I, I practiced counting in binary on my fingers. So, you know, the thumb is one and the first finger is uh, two and so forth. And uh, it works really well, but it took quite a while to get proficient at it. But it's the way to go. I, I know I'm trying to spread that uh, that idea with my percussion brethren and sisteren. But now there are no more gigs because COVID. So I guess it'll have to wait. Sounds like counting has gone digital. 
All righty. Well, everybody, I hope you stay safe and healthy. Thanks for this extra long, extra fun episode of Breaking Badness. We'll, of course, be back next week um, to come up with our episode somehow that ties into Desist. Chad and Tim, I have not forgotten. Um, (laughs) But stay safe out there. Um, If you need to step away from the news, please do it. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And we'll see you next week on Breaking Badness. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. So I've got it. Um, when I purchase a yacht, it's going to be called Seize and Desist. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Will it also be branded or paid for by the candy company, Seize? Mm. Oh, that's good. That Ooh. goes far. No, no, because Seize is garbage chocolate. I don't need any of that. I, yeah, no. <laughs> Why haven't they done a Seize the Day campaign? That's a real. Mm. Oh, that's they they missed out. Yeah. yeah.